0: Yeah, Thank you for tuning in, it's more than a podcast yeah. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify Him as we broadcast The Lord's grace and God's wrath More serious than a bomb blast Full disclosure inside the title No surprises, simply put Guys with Bibles, yeah just some regular reborn, reformed cats If it's in the Bible, then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word Okay. Competing ideas, quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night Immersed in sin, but then the, the light, light emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ That shines light, the word in Genesis That assigned life and hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel yeah, yeah listening to Guys with Bibles, studying scripture, discussing doctrine, glorifying God, with your hosts, Sean, Scott, and Lee. Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Guys with Bibles. I'm Lee, and I'm here for a special Reformation Day episode of Guys with Bibles. It's just me. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to take some time and uh, just revisit the document that got the ball rolling for the Reformation in Germany. So the day that we commemorate Reformation Day, typically October thirty first, is in reference to the day in fifteen seventeen when Martin Luther nailed his ninety five theses to the door. Of the church in Wittenberg And It wasn't the big Revolutionary thing That people like to think about He was simply posting these 95 theses On Essentially what was a public bulletin board That's what the church doors were And he was intending to Debate these with his Fellow lecturers at the university But what he lays out in these 95 theses Turned out to be Way more than he bargained for, um, and by the will of God, um, these these thoughts expressed publicly without shame uh, were just the one of the first steps in the reformation of the church. So, I want to just read these. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna include the numbering of them. Uh, if you want to read them and find the numbering, that's fine. But um they kind of flow into each other and they have a logic and i'm just going to read them as if they were an essay but you can look up the numbering if you like so these are the 95 theses when our lord and master jesus christ said repent matthew 4:17, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance This word cannot be understood as referring to the sacrament of penance, that is, confession and satisfaction, as administered by the clergy. Yet it does not mean solely inner repentance. Such inner repentance is worthless unless it produces various outward mortification of the flesh. The penalty of sin remains as long as the hatred of self, that is, true inner repentance, namely, till our entrance into the kingdom of heaven. The Pope neither desires nor is able to remit any penalties except those imposed by his own authority or that of the canons. The Pope cannot remit any guilt except by declaring and showing that it has been remitted by God, or, to be sure, by remitting guilt in cases reserved to his judgment. If his right to grant remission in these cases were disregarded, the guilt would certainly remain unforgiven. God remits guilt to no one unless at the same time he humbles him in all things and makes him submissive to the vicar, the priest. The penitential canons are imposed only on the living, and according to the canons themselves, nothing should be imposed on the dying. Therefore, the Holy Spirit, through the Pope, is kind to us insofar as the Pope in his degrees always makes exception of the article of death and of necessity. Those priests act ignorantly and wickedly who, in the case of dying, reserve canonical penalties for purgatory. Those tares of changing the canonical penalty to the penalty of purgatory were evidently sown while the bishops slept, Matthew 13.25. In former times, canonical penalties were imposed, not after, but before absolution, as tests of true contrition. The dying are freed by death from all penalties, are already dead as far as the canon laws are concerned, and have a right to be released from them. Imperfect piety or love on the part of the dying person necessarily brings with it great fear, and the smaller the love, the greater the fear. This fear or horror is sufficient in itself, to say nothing of other things, to constitute the penalty of purgatory, since it is very near to the horror of despair. Hell, Purgatory and heaven seem to differ the same As despair, fear, and assurance of salvation It seems as though For the souls in purgatory Fear should necessarily decrease and love increase Furthermore, it does not seem proved Either by reason or by scripture That souls in purgatory are outside the state of merit That is, unable to grow in love Nor does it seem proved that souls in purgatory At least not all of them are certain and assured of their own salvation, even if we ourselves may be entirely certain of it. Therefore, the Pope, when he uses the words plenary remission of all penalties, does not actually mean all penalties, but only those imposed by himself. Thus, those indulgence preachers are in error who say that a man is absolved from every penalty and saved by papal indulgences. As a matter of fact, the Pope remits to souls in purgatory no penalty, which, according to the canon law, they should have paid in this life. If remission of all penalties whatsoever could be granted to anyone at all, certainly it would be granted only to the most perfect, that is, to very few. For this reason, most people are necessarily deceived by that indiscriminate and high-sounding promise of release from penalty— That power, which the Pope has in general over purgatory, corresponds to the power which any bishop or curate has in any particular way in his own diocese and parish. The Pope does very well when he grants remission to souls in purgatory, not by the power of the keys, which he does not have, but by way of intercession for them. They preach only human doctrines, who say that they, as soon as the money clinks into the money chest, the soul flies out of purgatory. It is certain that when money clinks in the money chest, greed and avarice can be increased, but when the church intercedes, the result is in the hands of God alone. Who knows whether all souls in purgatory wish to be redeemed, since we have exceptions in St. Severinus and St. Pascal as related in a legend. No one is sure of the integrity of his own contrition, much less of having received plenary remission. The man who actually buys indulgences is as rare as he who is really penitent. Indeed, he is exceedingly rare. Those who believe that they can be certain of their salvation because they have indulgence letters will eternally be damned, together with their teachers. Men must especially be on guard against those who say that the Pope's pardons are that inestimable gift of God by which man is reconciled to him. For the graces of indulgences are concerned only with the penalties of sacramental satisfaction established by man. They who teach that contrition is not necessary on the part of those who intend to buy souls out of purgatory or to buy confessional privileges preach unchristian doctrine. Any truly repentant Christian has a right to full remission of penalty and guilt even without indulgence letters. Any true Christian, whether living or dead, participates in all the blessings of Christ and the Church, and this is granted him by God, even without indulgence letters. Nevertheless, papal remission and blessing are by no means to be disregarded, for they are, as I have said in Thesis 6, the proclamation of the divine remission. It is very difficult, even for the most learned theologians, at one and the same time to commend to the people the bounty of indulgences and the need of true contrition. A Christian who is truly contrite seeks and loves to pay penalties for his sins. The bounty of indulgences, however, relaxes penalties and causes men to hate them. At least it furnishes occasion for hating them. Papal indulgences must must be preached with caution, lest people erroneously think they are preferable to other good works of love. Christians are to be taught that the Pope does not intend that the buying of indulgences should in any way be compared with works of mercy. Christians are to be taught that he who gives to the poor or lends to the needy does a better deed than he who buys indulgences. Because love grows by works of love, man thereby becomes better. Man does not, however, become better by means of indulgences, but is merely freed from penalties. Christians are to be taught that he who sees a needy man and passes him by, yet gives his money for indulgences, does not buy papal indulgences, but God's wrath. Christians are to be taught that unless they have more than they need, they must reserve enough for their family needs and by no means squander it on indulgences. Christians are to be taught that the buying of indulgences is a matter of free choice, not commanded. Christians are to be taught that the Pope, in granting indulgences, needs and thus desires their devout prayer more than their money christians are to be taught that papal indulgences are useful only if they do not put their trust in them but very harmful if they lose their fear of god because of them christians are to be taught that if the pope knew of the exactions of the indulgence preachers he would rather that the basilica of saint peter were burned to ashes than built up with the flesh skin and bones of his sheep Christians are to be taught that the Pope would and should wish to give of his own money, even though he had to sell the Basilica of St. Peter, to many of those from whom certain hawkers of indulgences cajole money. It is vain to trust in salvation by indulgence letters, even though the indulgence commissary, or even the Pope, were to offer his soul as security. They are the enemies of Christ and the Pope who forbid altogether the preaching of the Word of God in some churches in order that indulgences may be preached in others. Injury is done to the Word of God when, in the same sermon, an equal or larger amount of time is devoted to indulgences than to the Word. It is certainly the Pope's sentiment that if indulgences, which are a very insignificant thing, are celebrated with one bell, one procession, and one ceremony, then the gospel— which is the very greatest thing, should be preached with a hundred bells, a hundred processions, a hundred ceremonies. The true treasures of the church, out of which the Pope distributes indulgences, are not sufficiently discussed or known among the people of Christ. That indulgences are not temporal treasures is certainly clear, for many indulgent sellers do not distribute them freely, but only gather them. Nor are they the merits of Christ and the saints, For even without the Pope, the latter always worked grace for the inner man, in the cross, death, and hell for the outer man. St. Lawrence said that the poor of the church were the treasures of the church, but he spoke according to the usage of the word in his own time. Without want of consideration, we say that the keys of the church, given by the merits of Christ, are that treasure." For it is clear that the Pope's power is of itself sufficient for the remission of penalties in cases reserved by himself The true treasure of the church is the most holy gospel of the glory and grace of God But this treasure is naturally most odious, for it makes the first to be last, Matthew twenty sixteen. On the other hand, the treasure of indulgences is naturally most acceptable, for it makes the last to be first Therefore the treasures of the gospel are nets with which one formerly fished for men of wealth. The treasures of indulgences are nets with which one now fishes for the wealth of men. The indulgences which the demagogues acclaim as the greatest graces are actually understood to be such only insofar as they promote gain. They are nevertheless, in truth, the most insignificant graces when compared with the grace of God and the piety of the cross." Bishops and curates are bound to admit the commissaries of papal indulgences with all reverence, but they are much more bound to strain their eyes and ears, lest these men preach their own dreams instead of what the Pope has commissioned. Let him who speaks the truth concerning papal indulgences be anathema and accursed, but let him who guards against the lust and license of the indulgence preachers be blessed, Just as the Pope justly thunders against those who by any means whatever contrive harm to the sale of indulgences, much more does he intend to thunder against those who use indulgences as a pretext to contrive harm to holy love and truth. To consider papal indulgences so great that they could absolve a man even if he had done the impossible and had violated the mother of God is madness. We say on the contrary that papal indulgences cannot remove the very least of venial sins as far as guilt is concerned To say that even saint peter if he were now pope could not grant greater graces is blasphemy against saint peter and the pope We say on the contrary that even the present pope or any pope whatsoever has greater graces at his disposal That is the gospel spiritual powers gifts of healing etc. as it is written first corinthians 12:28. To say that the cross emblazoned with the papal coat of arms and set up by the indulgence preachers is equal in worth to the cross of Christ is blasphemy. The bishops, curates, and theologians who permit such talk to be spread among the people will have to answer for this. The unbridled preaching of indulgences makes it difficult even for the learned men to rescue the reverence which is due the Pope from slander or from the shrewd questions of the laity, such as, Why does not the Pope empty purgatory for the sake of holy love And the the dire need of the souls that are there If he redeems an infinite number of souls for the sake of miserable money With which to build a church The former reason would be most just The latter is most trivial Again, why are funeral and anniversary masses for the dead continued And why does he not return or permit the withdrawal of endowments founded for them Since it is wrong to pray for the redeemed Again, what is this new piety of God and the Pope that for a consideration of money they permit a man who is impious and their enemy to buy out of purgatory the pious soul of a friend of God and do not rather, because of the need of that pious and beloved soul, free it for pure love's sake? Again, why are the penitential canons long since abrogated and dead in actual fact and through disuse now satisfied by the granting of indulgences as though they were still alive and in force? Again why does not the Pope Whose wealth is today greater than the wealth Of the richest crassus Build this one basilica of St. Peter With his own money Rather than with the money of poor believers Again What does the Pope remit or grant To those who by perfect contrition Already have a right to full remission And blessings Again what greater blessing Could come to the church Than if the Pope were to bestow these remissions And blessings on every believer A hundred times a day as he now does but once. (coughs) Since the Pope seeks the salvation of souls rather than money by his indulgences, why does he suspend the indulgences and pardons previously granted when they have equal efficacy? To repress these very sharp arguments of the laity by force alone, and not to resolve them by giving reasons— is to expose the church and the Pope to the ridicule of their enemies and to make Christians unhappy. If, therefore, indulgences were preached according to the spirit and intention of the Pope, all these doubts would be readily resolved. Indeed, they would not exist. Away, then, with all those prophets who say to the people of Christ, Peace, peace, and there is no peace. Jeremiah 6.14 Blessed be all those prophets who say to the people Of Christ cross cross And there is no cross Christians should be exhorted to be diligent In following Christ their head Through penalties death and hell And thus to be confident Of entering into heaven through many tribulations Rather than through the false Security of peace Acts 14 22 So that's the 95 theses right there And you can tell I mean this is some early work of Luther So he's very much um, still a Roman Catholic of his day Still very much respects the Pope That respect obviously would dwindle in uh, a short amount of time So this document which is very much Dealing with the issue of Luther's day Even as we look at it Now Is very relevant To not only the issues of The reformation that was soon to begin In Europe But even straight into Our times today Sure I mean nobody's running around Selling indulgences the way that Tetzel was at that time To build the basilica But people have their own Versions of indulgences That they try to sell today Many of the Prosperity gospel crowd use a very similar thing. You know, If you pay me money, you will have Prosperity you'll have uh, You'll have health you will never be sick You will get money uh, from out of the clear blue All these good things will happen to you if you have enough faith and you show that you have faith by giving me your money and martin luther even at this time, but especially as he um, moved further and further away from the theology of the Roman Catholic Church Would say it, That it's the gospel that's the true treasure Not anything that you think you can get by the gospel And really the The security of our justification in Christ Is the central issue of the Reformation And we can see that really clearly in the 95 Theses Even if it is couched in Very Roman Catholic ideas that Luther would soon be growing out of It's a very interesting document To go back and look at And it's nice to take the opportunity now For Reformation Day 2020 And uh, and be grateful That Martin Luther took that first step Clumsy as it may sound now Sitting where we are Both in terms of Protestant theological development But even just in the in the course of history itself moving along but truly amazing what what God has done through the through the reformation so praise to God always and thanks to Martin Luther who was greatly used by God to to move things along and recover the the true heart of of the church the the gospel of Jesus Christ and the fact that Christ is the true mediator there's no one In between him and the church He is our mediator We don't need a pope We don't need an indulgence program We don't need any of these things We just need Christ And we rely on Christ So if you'd like to check us out on our website You can go to guyswithbibles.com You can also hit the podcatcher of your choice And subscribe And subscribe to the podcast there Check us out on social media on Twitter and Instagram At Guys with Bibles. Uh, you can also Head over to Facebook And like our Page You can also request to join our Facebook group And uh, If you want to email us directly You can email us at guyswbibles At gmail.com So again this is Lee I'm hoping you have a wonderful Reformation day Um i'll leave you with the the five solas we are saved by grace alone through faith alone in christ alone as told by scripture alone and all to the glory of god alone peace we're out